Welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast, where you can write a book and change the world. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode 268, Estates and Wills, an interview with David E. Eady, coming to you on Thursday, September 30th, 2021. Do you have a will? I'm afraid I am one of the many, many people who keep meaning to get around to it, and I still haven't done it. I've made tiny baby steps, but that won't matter if the day comes that I need a will and I don't have one. So in all of the encouragement that I tried to give you in the show for writing, for your personal life, for publishing, we also need to talk about what we're going to do with our business after we die. We're all going to die. Not a surprise. It's no big deal. It happens to the best of us, but it is a big deal to make sure that if you have certain things that you want to happen, that you've written them down in a document that is both legally binding and something people can find. Also very important, as David explains to us. So this is a, a um, nudge in the right direction for you to think about um, making sure that you have a will in place, that you have figured out what other kinds of estate planning you need to do. Uh, you can decide on an executor, uh, which David talks about a lot in this episode as well. And also, what are you going to do with your intellectual property and your digital assets? Do you want them transferred to someone else? Uh, do you want somebody else to manage it so that your estate can continue to receive money from the sale of your books and other items? These are all the questions that you need to ask yourself and talk to a professional so that you can get it all organized and then you'll be ready. You'll be ready and the whole process will be a lot smoother for everything, for everyone. Uh, there, there are times when I think, well, when I die, it doesn't matter to me anymore. But as David again reminds us, what you don't want to do is to leave people who are grief stricken with yet another burden that maybe they don't even know how to do, or they don't know what you wanted done. Maybe you just want your business sold and, and stopped and it'll just go away. Um, but people need to know that. And it's great if you can help them to have everything that they need so that they can still be um, thinking about you and how they feel about you and missing you and not overburdened with uh, a whole bunch of other things that they don't know where, where to find your information or even what you want it done. So we all need to just make this happen and get it done, put it behind us. So here's an episode to encourage you to do the same as I also am going to be working on for the rest of this year. Speaking of this year, this is the last episode of season three. Remember in 2021, I started having four 10 episode seasons with three weeks in between. So we had 10 episodes in every quarter. Now that's 10 regular Thursday episodes. I still do the encouraging words episode on the first Sunday of every month, because I love that. It's probably my favorite episode of the month. Uh, so that will always continue. But the regular Thursday episodes now won't start up again until October 28th. And then I have got some amazing guests to uh, bring us through the rest of 2021. You're going to love it. In the meantime, uh, find something to take notes with. And uh, David also has a book that you can buy. The show notes will be on the, uh, the usual page, which is podcast.rightnowworkshop.com 
forward slash episodes and find the episode number 268. Uh, you'll have show notes and transcription links to David's website and his book. Uh, so lots of information that can get you well on your way to organizing everything that you need. I hope that you do find this encouraging and that like with all the other episodes, I hope that you take action. The reason why it's called right now in all caps with an exclamation point is because we need to write now. We need to write our books, get them done. And there are other business things that we also need to do now. And this is one of them. I hope that you find this encouraging, helpful, and um, don't feel depressed about it. It's just a piece of business that needs to be done. Just look at it that way. It's a piece of administrative business that needs to be done in your business. All right. Have a great day, week, month. I will see you on the Encouraging Words episode in a few days, and then we'll see you at the end of October. Meanwhile, here's David talking about estates and wills. Today's guest is David E. Eady. David is a certified executor advisor who has worked in the financial planning industry in Montreal for more than 35 years. He has advised hundreds of clients, written over 200 articles about personal finance, and shared his expertise on radio and television myriad times. But David is not just an expert. He's someone who knows this topic inside and out from personal experience. Having spent seven years and $50,000 in lawyer fees to come to an agreement with his siblings over his parents' estate, and that was with a written will. The grief, frustration, and stress of that experience were life-altering for David. He was determined to write this book in order to help others successfully navigate the difficult tasks of estate planning and executorship so that their families could stay together rather than fall apart. Welcome, David. Thank you, Kitty. Thanks for having me. This is really, this is going to be so exciting. This is fun. Okay. You know, it's not very often that you talk to somebody about some sort of legal thing and you're like, this is going to be fun. I think we both agree. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it, yes. And, and I, and talking about death or any of this, these, these issues are, it's, it's not fun. I get it. Um, but it has to be talked about. And I'm one, the reason why a lot of people don't talk about it is because for three things, they're either, they, they're, they're reluctant they're going to procrastinate or they're apathetic. Yeah. And if we can just get over those issues and just deal with the situation, what has to get done so that you don't leave your family in, in chaos and traumatized if something was to happen, then everything is going to work out fine. Cause this is the, probably the best gift that you could give to your family. Yeah. And that makes sense. Um, it certainly is something that I've always thought, oh yeah, that makes sense for all those people with children, but me without children, it's still an important part of my life planning, right? Absolutely. Cause if you, if, um, if you have a significant other, you want to make sure that you are, leave things organized for them. Um, in my book, I talk about, a, a of a, with a lady who her husband was, um, sick with cancer and she noticed that over the last couple of months, he would go up to the cottage and he would be fixing up everything, fixing up everything. And as he deteriorated and when he passed away, she, um, she was going through his things, but he, she found an envelope and he had written out everything that what she needed to do, what she had. Um, so she wasn't going to be stressed. You know, she was able to handle the grief a little bit better because he had taken those sort of problems that she had probably never even thought of, and he had taken care of that for her. So yeah. it's 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 just about being organized. Again, like I said, it's it's not a, a subject that people are want to talk about, 
but it needs to be talked about. Yeah, especially because you don't want to be um, like I, I've had a couple of friends and also some friends of friends who uh, thought that everything was going to go fine and then realized that the laws in the state that they currently lived in weren't the same and were making life very difficult for them because they had only looked up what needed to be done the first time they wrote a will and when they lived in a different state. Absolutely. Oh. It, so it, it, if it's a state, doesn't matter where you are in the world, there are going to be um, estate issues and different laws. But, um, you know, the book covers basically the, the overview of what you need to um, get done and to be organized. Um, because as an executor or if you're planning your, your estate, you can't do the job alone. So you need to have some professionals to help you uh, settle the estate. So um, again, it comes back to being organized and also having a team of professionals that you can tap into to, to get the job done. Yeah. Let's talk about your book a little bit. So it's um, pretty much brand new, right? It comes out, it came out this month, September, 2021. Absolutely. It came about, um, I mean, one was going through what I was going through with uh, the family. And one day during one of those 10 times driving to court, uh, I said to my sister, um, you know what, this is a book. And I'd written investment books about 20 years ago. And I have, and publishing a book and writing is, is a hard thing to do as, as your listeners and viewers will know. Um, and I didn't want to go through it. And then the pandemic hit and, and, you know, I live here in Montreal, Canada, and, you know, I was looking out the window and the snow's coming down. I figured, what am I going to do? So, um, I decided, well, you know what, why not write a book? And, and the subject and write about something that I know about. So I wrote the book during the pandemic. Excellent. And it's called, for anybody who's um, listening and, and can't see the book cover, which is on the YouTube version, it's called Executor Help, How to Settle an Estate, Pick an Executor, and Avoid Family Fights. And uh, I was going through the table of contents. It's a pretty comprehensive book as far as like all the things that I could think of to ask as a question and a bunch of things that I couldn't, couldn't have thought of to ask as a question seem to be covered. You start with how to handle grief, which is a really interesting place to start and go all through picking an executor, how to be someone else's executor, how to handle pets, how to handle business and so much more. So why don't you give us a little bit of an idea um, for people who are thinking about, well, we'll talk about the writing process first, and then let's talk about the subject matter. So okay. for people who are um, writing or thinking about writing a nonfiction book, you have 35 years of experience in your head. How did you decide to figure out how to translate that into like, did you start with an outline? Did you start going through your 200 articles that you'd already written? How did you decide to, to begin? Well, I, what I did was um, I, out, I wanted to use my story and then um, I, every time, and that's actually kind of how the book came about. Every time I would talk about um, the situation I was going through, I'd hear about one more estate that had gone wrong, an executive, had, and, and I thought it was just only me. And so I didn't want other people to go through what I went through. So I came up with the concept of the, of the book. And then what I've done is taken stories and conversations that I've had with other people who've come to me and tell me their uh, story. So the book is, it's an easy read. Um, as people, um, when I'm in the writing process um, in, in Canada and also in the US, there's a gentleman by the name of David Chilton. He wrote a, a book called The Wealthy Barber. He sold over 15, uh, 5 million books 
Wow. Uh, and uh, so he was a self-publisher. Then he was, went to a publisher, but he had, I, I, I know him and he'd give me a bunch of tips. And he also used, has a, an online course on how to write a book and, and do the marketing. So I've sort of also followed in that footsteps. And one of the main things that he always points out is don't bore the reader. Actually, right here in my office, I've got a big sticker on my computer and I'd have that as I'm writing. Don't bore the reader. Um, you know, you, you, you're, you're writing, but you, and, but you also have to take in consideration someone has taken the time to, to buy your book uh, and, and read it. So they're taking time out of everything else that they're, they're being bombarded, Netflix, you know, um, social media, and they're, they're taking time to read your book, your work. So you need to figure out how am I not going to bore the reader? And from there, that's where I, I started with. Don't bore the reader and have stories and make it relatable um, to uh, through part of my other writing process. My other part of the writing process is I tested everything. So um, from the title to the cover to actually the cover, um, I thought I liked the cover and then I send it to my testers and they came back and they, they didn't like it and they made some suggestions and, and the, the, the cover was tested and changed. Uh, and every, all the way through the process, I let some uh, beta readers test the chapters, come back and tell me. So everything through uh, the process and what you have here as the final book has been beta tested. Um, again, I'd ask the question, were you bored? Did you learn anything? And uh, once I had that and I had the feedback, then I'd continue on. But I had an outline. That was pretty much a long answer. Did I answer the question? Sorry. <laughs> well, let, let's let's have you finish that thought. So you did start with an outline? Yes, I did. And um, from there, I would break it down because I had the outline of what the book would be about because I had a title, a good subtitle. And then from there, I just broke them down into little individual um, projects, individual chapters. Yes. So in the book, you don't have to read the whole book. You can just read, you don't have to go chapter by chapter. You can you know, pick the chapter that's, um, that you need to be, uh, you're concerned about, whether it's what do I do with uh, my pets or digital assets. And you can just read that. Um, you don't have to read the whole book. I mean, I hope you read the whole book, but and the feedback I've gotten is that it's an easy read and people are, are learning a lot. And that's yeah. all I was the reason I wrote it. So I'm sure that reading it from cover to cover gives you some um, for someone like me, like I know a lot, I think, until somebody were to ask me a question and I'll be like, wow, I, I guess I don't know a lot. You know, I, I think I do because I've lived a long time. Right. Um and when I was reading all the chapter titles, I was like, oh yeah, that, 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 those all make sense for, you know, books about, um, you know, estate planning and will planning and that sort of thing. Um, but then I realized I don't actually know how to do any of those things. I just know the words and the concepts. Right. So one of the things that I really appreciated was that at the end of every chapter, you have sort of like a, like a help section. Tell us about that. Exactly. So in that part there, I call it the executor help solution. So basically, I break it down to what are the biggest dangers and problems that are going to cause you stress and headaches. And then I go to what you need to do and where to get the help. And then I talk about by completing those tasks and getting those things done, how it's going to help you. Because um, at the end of the day, you want to make it, uh, you want to reduce the dangers and the stress in your life because of this situation. 
and be able to sleep at night yeah. and, and uh, not have, a, you know, again, avoid family fights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's see, what else should I ask you about the actual writing? Because I also want to get into um, the actual meat of the book and how that applies to us as writers. Right. Um, anything that comes to mind as, um, oh, this is something I learned that I didn't expect, or this is something that I would want to share with others, like be, beware of this uh, challenge that I didn't expect when writing the, your first, or not your first, but your first nonfiction book in a while. Right. The difference between 20 years ago, writing a book and today, um, 20 years ago, we didn't have the internet, didn't have social media. I, I wasn't, I wouldn't be on uh, a podcast uh, talking to you uh, 20 years ago to promote the book. Um, the, the, the publishing industry has changed, the book marketing has changed. And then we have, you throw in the curve that the, uh, the pandemic has uh, brought and the book marketing area aspect of uh, the publishing business has changed as well. And um, it's just to organize, be organized, read the book, um, because everybody has to go through this, this situation, whether they like it or not, and um, pick the points that are important. Well, you, you said at the beginning about um, how to handle grief. That actually, I was partway through the book when I figured out, you know what, the steps that people have to go through. If you have to settle in a state, that's, that's one part of the job. But you know what? You still got to handle the grief. There's the shock. There's the trauma of losing a loved one or being involved in this situation. And I wanted to at least have people understand, you know, how to put their their, their uh, mind at ease so that they can tackle the big job because it's a big job. Um, depending on where you live, it can take anywhere from 12 to 18 months to um, settle in a state. And you're looking at over a hundred hours to to get everything uh, done. So it's, a, yeah. and then on top of that, you pile on the trauma of uh, a death and it can be, you know, very difficult for a lot of people to get uh, things done. Yeah. Yeah. And were there topics that you originally wrote down on your outline and then realized that's, that's um, more than is the focus of my book or it would make the book too long or I'm going off on a rabbit trail. Was there anything that you cut? No, actually, what I added was, um, which would be of interest to your, uh, your, your listeners, is that the areas of succession planning and what if you're an executor of someone who has a business, that wasn't in the original outline. And oh. part of my research, um, I was talking to, I was, I was serving um, business owners, and it was basically on the, the subject of, of the whole book. And when I sent out a survey, 70% came back and said they didn't have a succession plan. And then I thought, well, that's kind of odd. So I dug a little deeper. So business owners and people who ran their own business, they had no way to um, help their family or organize their family if something was to happen to them if they had a business. Same thing if you were asked to be an executor and the individual ran a business. So those are the two chapters that I added that weren't in the original draft, the original um, outline. And that's only because I did the research. Yeah, to find out these are some more questions that people are going to have that they keep having. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Well, fabulous segue, (laughs) because now I want to move into talking about, um, uh, and I don't know um, 
what the right way of saying it is. Estate planning, writing a will. Um, I, I don't know if one is part of the other or uh, I'll, I'll let you explain, but um, let's talk about it in terms of people who are listening, who either have multiple books out and make, you know, well over a good living as a writer, um, right. pretty much an entrepreneur with their own business, um, all the way down through, I make a few thousand dollars a year, a few hundred dollars a year. I haven't made any money yet, but what should I do? This is a lot of room there that I don't know how to help people if someone were to ask me. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we should start if we're going to talk, and, and it doesn't matter if you're an author making a lot of money from the, the your business and the books or someone who's just made a few hundred dollars. Let's start from there. So besides your, your estate plan, whereby you would you need to have a will and you have an executor, you need to have a succession plan. Um, and by a succession plan means to have a plan that if you became incapacitated or you uh, died. So you wanna be able to let them know um, who's, who's gonna be in charge of the business if you're not there. Is it gonna be a loved one? Is it gonna, you, have you made a, a provisions to have it sold or are you gonna want it to be shut down? So you wanna let the family know what they need to do for the business. Because especially if this business is uh, a revenue generator, which, which is the family income, which is bringing in dollars every month to, to sustain, sustain the family, okay? So uh, what you need to do and uh, get help is that within that estate plan, as I said before, you need to um, uh, make sure that you have a will, make sure that you've got a power of attorney, make sure you've, you've um, picked a, an executor and then update it regularly by, you know, make sure that you've got a, a team of professionals. Is there a lawyer that you, there's a lawyer you should be talking to, an accountant. Um, and as your business starts to grow, then you also want to talk with your lawyer and accountant, how to um, progress in terms of your succession plan. And then also you want to um, make sure that everybody understands where your digital assets are. So if something was to happen, where are all the passwords going to be kept? Where are, because no one knows your, your, your login to your uh, Facebook and your, your, your digital bank account, all of those things. So if you can think of everything where you log in, if something was to happen, and especially if it affects your business, how are someone, how is someone going to access that digital assets, those digital assets to your business? So you need to be organized with that. Um, if you do those things as a business owner, have a succession plan and figure that out, you're going to be confident knowing that you've um, planned in case of an emergency, um, the business can function because either you have, you've made um, uh, an idea or you let people know who's going to run, run the business or you want it sold, but you've got it, you've got it organized. And, but the most important thing is that your family is not going to be lost or disorganized. And that's what you're trying to stay away from, especially if you're a one person business owner um, to make sure that your family's not lost or disorganized because that's a, they know you and they know you go off and you do your business, but the business is a separate entity and something happens to you, you're incapacitated or you die. They're, again, we're coming back to trauma and chaos. They're in trauma, they're in chaos. They don't know what to do with this entity. You might have, uh, you might be on a deadline for an editor or, you know, all of those things. You might've been given a book advance 
or you might have clients. How do you, what's, what's the, the plan of action if something was to happen? So as a business owner, you have to have some sort of succession plan in place. Okay. Now on the flip side, am I, am I going too fast or am I no, okay? No, I'm, I'm, I'm staying with you so far. <laughs> you haven't okay. lost me yet. <laughs> so, so let's say for example, now you are an executor to someone who has a business. Okay. So the biggest dangers you're going to come across is that you don't know um, what the, the, uh, the person who owns the business, what's their plan. You don't know what the succession is going to be. If you've just been asked, and a lot of people are always asked just to be an executor, or they find out by accident that they're an executor, you need to know, um, you should have a conversation with them to let them know, okay, if something is to happen, you're going to find in this bright red envelope, all of the passwords. Uh, here are the, the bank accounts, all of those sort of things. It's sort of like break this glass in case of emergency. Think of that big red uh, envelope that you who um, that the 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 testator or person whose will your uh, estate that you're settling is that they they've made allowance to make sure that that all the important information is in a bright red envelope. You want to be able to know that, um, be able to handle to talk to uh, clients and customers. So as, as the executor, you want to be prepared. If you're an executor of someone who has a business, you want to be in a situation that you have an idea of how to keep that business going or how to put it, uh, set it up uh, to, for it to be sold right. so that it's not going to be because, you know, you're going to have to deal with uh, business tax and all of those sort of things. The accountant, again, that should be in that bright red envelope that the testator has left for you. So whether you're setting up an estate and you need a succession plan or you're an executor and the person has a business, you need to know what's going on. And all of that, if you tie all those things that I've talked about together, it's all about having a conversation. You need to have a conversation with your family, let them know about the succession. If you um, need to have a conversation with the executor, and if you are asked to be an executor of someone who has a business, you need to let them know, yes, I'm taking on this responsibility, but these are some of the things I need to know to make it a lot easier on me to get the job done. Wow. Okay. I only have about 10 questions from that. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> let me start with a couple. So one thing you, you kind of touched on, everything, all of my assets um, are on or accessed by one of my two computers. So leaving um, my special document that has a different name, which used to be called passwords for a long time until the internet got so popular that people could hack into uh, other people's files, then I finally changed the name. Yeah, so that special document, it does nobody any good while it's still on my computer, right? So that's why you're talking about some Absolutely. of the stuff needs to be so printed. I Exactly. So you need to, you need to get um, uh, forms and just write out all of those. And if you think about all your digital footprint that you have everywhere, not only for your business, but personally, that's a whole different uh, area that which which can cause a lot of problems for people. And that's why I talk about that in the in the book, that it opens you up. If someone finds out that you've passed away, but those accounts are still open, you've opened yourself up to theft and, oh. and theft identity. So that you need to make sure that your executor knows, okay, not only do you know where, um, you know, what's going on in the business, but all these are all the digital, uh, uh, my digital footprint, all the passwords are. 
so they know. So I would print it out. I mean, you put it, put it on a thumb drive, but I also would print it out and say, you know what, in that bright red envelope or orange envelope, it should be big enough so that someone could trip over it. Yeah. And you'll find all of that information if anything was to happen, because when someone becomes incapacitated or dies, there's trauma and no one wants to be looking for anything when they're they're being traumatized. They yeah. can't find anything. They can't think straight. So if you can make it as easy as possible for your executor, um, it's going to be a lot easier. And, and you as an executor, it's going to be a lot easier on you to know, OK, fine. They told me, look for that big orange envelope. And there it's going to have everything. Yeah. All right. Now, would it be um, safe, I guess, is the word that I'm thinking. And now we're talking about internet safety, which is not necessarily, um, you know, your uh, realm of expertise. But I'm just thinking about all the different things where I have a shared Dropbox folder with, um, you know, my cover designer, or I have a shared Dropbox folder with somebody else. Um, Could all the information be in something like that? Or is that not well you could have you could have shared drop you might have the name of the cover designer and if something was to happen let them the the executor contact them and say you know what something's happened uh to kitty i she's got on your list here for the cover design you know is there anything that we need to know or i need to shut it down but i mean you don't have to for that if it's a shared one just say just you know for cover design contact so and so Mm -hmm. but all of those things are all been, uh, been mapped out, been, uh, uh, organized on that sheet. I was just wondering about all of the, um, all of the things that we were talking about putting, printing out and putting in the great big bright red envelope. Like, could I put it in a Dropbox folder that's shared between me and the executor? Okay. So how would, I'll flip it to you then. How would your executor know to go to that Dropbox? Um, cause I would say, Here's the folder where I'll, where I'll keep on always updating everything that's like password related, or if I open a new account account to publish the okay, book so in a different space. And where will the password be for that Dropbox folder? I, I'm not sure whether or not you can password protect a shared folder, and that's your question, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So that would be a good place to just put some um, preliminary and, and think information. Of, and think of it one more thing. You're making it one step harder on your executor to now go into Dropbox. You and I are having the conversation, ah, Dropbox, you know what? That's in our, our, our vocabulary. You know, we know how to get in. We know. But suppose your executor is not as computer savvy as you yeah. to get into Dropbox. Try and make it as easy as possible for the executor to get things done. Because now, like, well, what the heck is Dropbox? I don't know what Dropbox is. Who's <laughs> in it? So, again, if it's the password or for information, this is about my cover design. This is the person to contact them. Put their email address in there and let the, the executor at least uh, have that so that they can uh, contact the person. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. And I'm just thinking about some of the things that change with some regularity in my business life. Like um, uh, sometimes I have clients who work with me for just a few months. Sometimes it's six months at a time. So I'd have to be updating this information in the bright red folder with some right. And the the websites that ask you, you have to change your password now. It's been too long. I'm thinking some of this stuff, it just needs to be updated regularly as part of your regular administrative duties in your business. Absolutely. You'd want to do that. Maybe it's every, every 90 days, once a year. I mean, 
I know changing the passwords and all sort of stuff like that, it may be seem mundane and tedious, but if you even if you do any way you can make it as easy as possible for the executor to get things done, it, it'll it'll save them months and months of heartache. And, and uh, to give you an example, in the book, I talk about the individual, uh, Tony Shea, who um, was the CEO of Zappos, okay. passed away uh, at a young age, 46, had a couple hundred million dollars estate, didn't have a will. And um, they had to get his, his, um, his brother and father to be the executor. Um, to organize because he had many, many different uh, business dealings going on. I mean, he, he revitalized downtown Las Vegas. They go into his house and across the wall were hundreds and hundreds of post-it notes of all the different business dealings and all of this. And what's happened is, you know, people are suing the estate because there, there was no succession. There was no what, you know, this is what I've got going on. This is what I should be doing. So, it doesn't matter if you were, you know, a, an estate of a hundred, a couple hundred million dollars, or just a small estate, you know, uh, uh, just a, a, I'm going to say a regular writer, just an uh, average uh, writer or regular writer. Yeah. You need your, your, you've left your executor in a tough predicament because now every day someone can say, well, you know what? I paid Kitty for, you know, this, this uh, job and they didn't pay, uh, she didn't deliver, you know, and I gave her an advance or, you know, I've got, I've got outstanding uh, work with Katie, but they didn't, she didn't do anything with it. So you want to have that list of, okay, these are either the deals I have going on or check this ledger and I've got, this is what's outstanding or anything like that. Again, wherever you can figure out to make it as easy as possible for the executor to get the job done it's going to be a lot a lot easier yeah wow okay so um <laughs> i can't say that i'm not intimidated by all of the stuff that i have to do but i understand that i would not want my husband or um we don't have kids so i'm like when me and my husband die like it's not really going to affect anybody is it but i i have no idea how it works so <laughs> well even if you don't have kids, you might want to um, look into being uh, philanthropic and leave oh, assets right. to charities, something that you, you, you've been continuously during your lifetime now been giving to charities. Why not give a, a larger gift? Um, right. And it, you know, it could be one lump sum, or you might say, you know what, over the next couple of years, they get a certain amount. So it's, it's not being philanthropic is not something that you're not doing right now only thing is just keep leaving a larger donation um so if you haven't got kids then that could be something and you give to causes that either you that you already giving to or something a new cause that you'd like to give to do research right. and find out something that maybe you uh would like uh leave your estate to right yeah no you're right because i do want to do that <laughs> wow okay um wow what else should i ask i have um some questions written down for you. Uh, one of the things that I was thinking about is for most of us uh, in that right now, 21st century writers, um, most of our business is being run online. 
um, whether we're traditionally published or uh, self-publishing, uh, pretty much everything that we do, we, we make the contact, we upload the file, we um, get the money, it's all happening online. So I was thinking, well, I think that I'd like to choose an executor who um, also is completely like the online world is just like the regular world to them. Like they're not, um, you know, tech phobic at all. Um, right. Are these... Uh, things that um, we, like what sorts of questions, I know you have some, some chapters on picking an executor, um, it is how they would interact with what you're leaving behind one of the questions that you would ask yourself when you decide who to pick? Like my brother, he can run a computer, but I don't ask him to, like, I don't even text him. He doesn't like texting, <laughs> you know? Okay. Versus my friend who works all day on the computer and on the internet. Yeah. Kitty, you're trying to, again, avoid making that big red folder. Okay. Because <laughs> because if for your for your brother, he doesn't like texting. And so you're instead, of, and you're saying, well, maybe I'll find somebody who's, you know, uh, who's more tech savvy online stuff. If that's the person that you choose, just make it easier on him. So why not give a list to your brother, the list of passport uh, passwords to what he needs to do and move on from there. You know, you're making it more difficult by trying to find somebody who, who, who's more tech savvy, who's more online and stuff like that. All you want to do is make it easier on the executor so that they can settle the estate, pay the taxes and distribute to whoever the, the uh, beneficiaries are. So the easier you can make it, the, the quicker it's going to go and the less stress and burden you're going to put on uh, your executor. Right. So um, to answer your question, uh, don't be so rigid in the person that you're looking for. Um, in my book, I talk about who you should be looking for. Just make it as easy as possible for them. Okay. All right. And then um, that brought up another question. I was wondering, I know that my sister, my older sister, Bonnie, she apparently just is really good at organizing people's estates after they, uh, after they die. And people keep asking her to be executor of their estate. So she's already done this a few times. She has her own business. It's not like she has free time on her hands and she's just trying to figure out what should I do with it? Oh, I should just be executor of my friends and family's estates. Um, so how does it work when, um, I, I mean, I, I feel like uh, the fair nice, good thing to do is that somehow they should be reimbursed for the time that they spend. Is there some way that this, this is there some norm having to do with that? Uh, well, first off, if this is what your sister's good at, clearly you should take that poster from behind you and give, she's got a superpower. So you need <laughs> to give her that superpower. So she's got it. So uh, to answer your question, it depends. Um, if you put in your will that your 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 executors should be paid for their time that they're, uh, it varies from state to state, but yes, you executors can be paid, but a lot of times the executor is also a beneficiary. So they're not being, uh, they may probably not getting compensation, but it, that's up to you in your will. You might say, you know what, over and above what this individual is getting a percentage for their time and the photocopy and that sort of stuff, they should be reimbursed. So um, there's, no, there's no right one right answer, but there is the leeway that you can decide how you want your executive to be uh, compensated. Okay. And that just goes in your will then? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I think that maybe I'm less nervous than I was at the beginning of our conversation. <laughs> 
Well, you've got you've got a lot of good things going for you. You've got a brother that now is going if he if he's going to be the executor, he could be organized. And because you've got that big red folder and you've also got a sister who's got superpowers, who's good at executive being an executor. So I, I, I think you're pretty much set. The only <laughs> thing is you need to just get yourself organized. Yeah. Yeah. And now this won't apply too much um, to uh, people listening, but it may apply to more people listening than I realize. So I am currently an expatriate. So I'm an American citizen, but living in Sweden, all of my family is in the U.S., Um, And I wasn't sure whether or not um, the executor should live in the same place that I live in, or if it would be better if they just is somebody that I trust and know, and doesn't matter where they live. I talk a little bit about that in the book. Um, It it would be better if the executor was close to where you are, but again, there's no one right answer. And the reason for that is because the executor has to spend a lot of time you know, um, like I said, you know, maybe over 100 hours selling the estate. And so it also could be going to a lot of places during a nine to five, um, you know, during a working hours and may have to leave work to go settle, do things that, um, that have to be done. Having said that, I've also had people who um, they have two executors, one who's local, and then they have, I have another, uh, they have another executor who may be overseas and they, they're working in tandem and the second executor will come to, you know, the location um, once they can, but they're, they're in constant contact with each other to, uh, to get the job done. Um, you need whatever makes the most sense to uh, make it easier for the executor, because that's what you have to keep in mind is yeah. what you're looking at. Um, you can't, you know, don't, uh, you know, if somebody's on the other side of the world, you can't expect them to get the job done properly, but you might have a a local person who's a little bit more about what's going on and the two of them know each other. And then you can uh, go from there and they can work together. There was a time, um, you know, when humans were allowed to freely roam the earth back then (laughs) that whenever my husband, it it was so long ago that I can't remember exactly. All right. Yeah. Uh, but because uh, John and I have no children and no relatives near nearby, in fact, we've lived someplace far away from our family. Even when we lived in the same country, it was still like the other end of the country. That right. I would always um, email one or two people, somebody who was a friend of mine who would know whether or not I didn't show up again from my trip. You know, didn't show up at church or didn't show up at work, and right. as well as one of my relatives, and say, um, "This is the." the flight information. This is the trip that we're taking. You know, if this flight, I wouldn't say it this way, but I was thinking if you see this flight number on the news and the plane went down, you might want to look into seeing whether or not, like, I need you to be the executor of my state. (laughs) Wow. Okay. (laughs) So, so that's what I've done so far. And it's the only thing that I've done is just to make sure that people know whether or not I have lived through whatever recent trip I've taken and have come home and they can all ignore me from now on (laughs) again. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. It's, it, that's um, uh, okay. But I need to add a will onto that. That shouldn't be my entire. Well, no, do not mind. add a will onto that. That's where that's your starting point. This uh, this whole 
rigmarole you just gave me here, I have no idea where we're going with that. Why don't you start with, but I, like I said, getting back to it, you've got two positive things there. You've got a brother who that you can uh, do it. And you've also got, again, a sister with superpowers who's good at this. So between that and maybe there's someone local that you can, you know, could be the liaison with, with one or both of them. Yeah. then they could be, uh, then you've got a, a team of executors. The yeah. important thing is that they're going to communicate with each other and they'll be able to get the job done. But I, hopefully it should be your, even if it's going to go over to your husband mm -hmm. as your first executor, then you still have to make sure that he knows what's going on with your business. And then for, and vice versa. Uh, what's going on in his situation, what his passwords are, all of those sort of things like that. And then secondary, if you're both are gone, then you might have your team of executors. I'm just using an example. I'm not just right. saying that's where you should go, but you've yeah. already got some qualified uh, candidates, but you have to have that conversation with them too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So now I'm thinking through, yeah, what if one of us dies and then, so whose siblings should it be? And okay, yes. Lots of conversations okay. to have. <laughs> okay, then. Well, well oh, hopefully I haven't asked questions in such a way that listeners are more confused. <laughs> and I will say your book is wonderful, especially for someone like me who I haven't really um, read or done much of anything. I think I bought some software once on um, like Quicken Willmaker. Um, I found it in a box the other day and I was like, oh, I, I don't think I actually used this. So, I meant to. So, that, so that's so what you're telling me. That's a sign as well. There's a lot of signs now with you, Kitty. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I read in your uh, one sheet that, um, and tell me if I am remembering this wrong, but people in their 30s are actually doing a better job at getting a will done than people in their 50s. Yes, and that's probably because of the pandemic. Oh. For some reason, that you know, all of this sort of uh, you know. Again, I don't want to put it in the wrong context, but the, this death around them, they're seeing people dying, people, you know, um, you know, loved ones passing away or they're hearing about it, um, that they are acting on getting the wills versus someone who's in their 50s. They're they're not keeping up to date um, in the book. I use the quote, uh, intensive care is no place to find out that dad has no will. So right. you 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 the older we get, it's going to come back to, are you being reluctant? Are you procrastinating? Or are you being apathetic? Yeah. So uh, also during the pandemic, um, people didn't have time on their way to the hospital, stop at a lawyer's office. Yeah. They went straight to, they went straight to the hospital. So again, it's, it's up to you in terms of how you want to leave your family. Do you want to leave them in, 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 disorganized? Do you want to leave them traumatized? Do you want to leave them in chaos? Yeah. This is probably the biggest gift, best gift you could ever give them is to make sure that you're organized and have an estate plan set up. Yeah, that makes sense. I just remembered when you said that um, my mom created a will when all the kids were young, but she died when she was 78. So all the kids were grown and we found out, um, like, like you said, it wasn't intensive care. Like she was um, unable to uh, communicate or whatever, but we did find out when she was in her last two weeks of life that she didn't have a will that had been updated in 20 years. So a lawyer had to come to the hospital <laughs> and work through it again with her one more time. And then my sister had to be, you know, made the executor of that will or however it works. And all of this had to be done in the hospital. Yeah. 
the week before and, mom died. So and, that and that's and that's not where you where that that conversation and all that should be taken being taken place. Yeah. And you're all being you're all basically in trauma because look at where where mom is and look at what we're doing. Yeah. You're bringing in the lawyer, but luckily you've got a sister with superpowers, so it works out I, well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know. Maybe uh, maybe I'll let her know that if she if she stops doing this one business, you know, we can hook her up. She can start a new business. <laughs> Anything's possible. <laughs> David, thank you so much. This was a really interesting conversation. And I apologize that I know so very little about it. But I thank you for being so good at explaining. Well, that's why I wrote the book. And I, I want to thank you for having me here. That's why I wrote the book. I didn't want to have people to go through what I went through. So if one person can pick up one little tidbit and help them save their family and their relationships, then uh, my job has been done. Wonderful. Well, listen, where can people find you and your book online? You can, well, it's available on all uh, retailers, online retailers, but you can go to davidedy.com. And on there also, I've got some checklists and there's some other resources. And I'm always adding more resources that people um, will need as an executor or if they're setting up their estate. So if Excellent. you go davidedy.com, you'll find uh, more stuff and more. Terrific. If that sounds right as a writer. That didn't yeah. sound right. But more anyway. stuff and more. Yeah, more and stuff Edie and more. And E-D-E-Y? E-D-E-Y, absolutely. davidedy.com. Excellent. And um, I was going to say one more thing. Oh, right before we started um, recording, you and I were talking about like, maybe we could do a webinar together. So people listening, if you are interested in participating in a webinar on this topic and getting more information, maybe even more specific to what you do as a writer, uh, let me know. And if there's enough interest, then we'll work something out, right? Absolutely. It'd be my pleasure to talk with fellow writers. You know, I, I, I was in a writer's group here in Montreal and I always found the conversations and the jokes were even better because as writers, we're at a different level. I don't want to say nothing, but we're at a different level than everybody else. We're a lot, because words are, our, it's, it's sort of like our juice. It's, it's what makes us who we are. And um, talking to writers, that'd be the best thing. They're, they're, that's very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. I'd, be, uh, I'd be happy to do that. Terrific. Wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. We really appreciate all the information. Thank you very much, Kitty. It's been a pleasure to be here.